I was a uh, youth pastor, I had a lot of cool little gadgets and gizmos and things, and um, probably liked them a little too much. I, had, I think I told you a few weeks ago about my little beanie hat with the propeller on top, and that was fun. Um, another thing that I used all the time was one of these. Uh, it's, it was a cool little Radio Shack megaphone. Um, and I loved my little megaphone. I don't know if you can see it. Uh, it's got a keypad on the top. And then all, there's, there's like a decal on the front little deal, uh, that has all these numbers and lists. I, there were, I don't know, hundreds of things. You could punch in a little code and it would play music. You know, you punch a little thing. Or it had all the different fight songs for the different, it didn't have Michigan. Never, that never came out. Sorry, Tony, I'm just kidding. Um, we, we just x that one right out. No. Um, but I, I could also, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd hold it up and talk and get everybody's attention and, you know, and, or I, I also figured out how, uh, if you hold your mouth just right and, and it'll, it'll do one of those squawk things and, you know, and that just really, and I, and I just thought it was the, the best thing in the world, um, and the most obnoxious thing in the world. And really everybody else thought that too, that it was, well, the second part, that it was the most obnoxious thing in the world, not necessarily the best thing. And I'm not sure that everyone else loved it as much as I did. But as I reflect on that, uh, well, they didn't let me take it with with me when, when we moved and, and came here, um, it was the churches, and uh, I think they just wanted to get it out of my hands and to spare you from, uh, from all the uh, shenanigans that might have gone on. But when I think back about that, uh, the conversations that I had with, uh, with students in those days that really meant something to them, that, that had an impact on them spiritually, those conversations didn't happen through the megaphone. Right? I mean, I mean, I could do it, get everybody's attention and we get a big group and, hey, yo, come on, right, 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 right. but when we were going to have a conversation about spiritual things, when we were really going to get down to business with Jesus, uh, you know, th- those were the conversations that were maybe one-on-one or with a small group, maybe over an ice cream cone or a, a, a Coke or, or maybe, uh, in a, in a coffee shop. Th- those were the, 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 the personal, intimate, close connection kind of conversations. Those were the ones that, that, that made the difference in, uh, in students' lives. And, and I think that might be a good picture of God and his communication with us. Because God doesn't usually shout. He doesn't usually use a megaphone. Um, he he might get our attention every once in a while, uh, but, but he usually doesn't shout. He usually whispers, and it's those quiet conversations that make all the difference. So if we are going to hear God, we have to get quiet and we have to get close. I've been telling you this for weeks. We have to lean in. We've been, been uh, talking a little bit about this, uh, this, this in this series about uh, whisper. And it's based on this book. Some of you, I think, have, uh, have gotten that. Uh, if you haven't, you can. You can. I'm sure it's still available wherever books are sold. Um, but, uh, and, and, and flip through that a whole lot more in here than what we can cover in a couple weeks uh, in, a, in a sermon series. Uh, but some of those things uh, pop out and, uh, and, and I think are important for us. So, so we, have to, we have to lean in and we have to get quiet. Uh, if, 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 you know, if people are, if someone is yelling or, or talking in a mic- megaphone, usually we kind of pull back or maybe we cover our ears. Uh, a lot of times I found that if I was speaking through that little megaphone, um, if, if you kind of cover your ears just a little bit, then it's, it's almost like when you're at the McDonald's drive-thru and they're <laughs> But if, but if you maybe plug your ears a little, you can almost, a lot of times we, we get that uh, if someone's talking loud and brash and rah, 
but it's when someone's whispering. And so, so we're kind of leaning back in those, but with someone's whispering or talking low, or, or that, that's when we're kind of leaning in. And we're trying to strain to, to hear that person and to, to get rid of all the, all the noise around us. Uh, we want to get closer and closer to the person who's whispering. Sometimes it's almost touching. You know, you get, you get that. You're, you're, I covered my, you can't hear anything now, right? Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't hear anything, right? Um, it, it, you get so quiet, it's all, you feel the breath on your, on your ear. It's, 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 it's this close, personal, intimate conversation. And, and so as we, as we walk through this, and we've been, uh, we, we went through three weeks worth, and then we had a couple weeks off there where we had a special speaker, and then, then, uh, uh, we had our, our mission trip, uh, stuff last week, and so now we're back to, uh, week number four, part four, part last of our series on, uh, on this book, uh, and, and so I want us to, uh, to, to, to look a, a little bit into some of those things and maybe kind of, kind of pull some things out of that this, this week. Um, I, I guess I hope that this is more than just a, a, a few weeks in a sermon and then we move on with our lives, but these things are really foundational. If we're not hearing from God, if we're not sensing his direction in our life, then we're just kind of going wherever and doing whatever, and, and we're, not, uh, we're not truly uh, living the life that God would desire us to live. And so in this series and, and, and through this book, uh, you, you, you find out real quick, just flipping to the table of contents, that, that he's focused there on, on seven different ways that God God speaks to us. I'm sure that God speaks to us in more than, than those ways, but these are kind of seven uh, uh, key ways that, that, that God uh, speaks to us. He talks about scripture, and we've, uh, we've talked about that. He talks about our desires, dreams, and doors, and uh, last time, a couple of weeks ago, we, uh, we, we, we focused on that. And, and then he also talks about people, promptings, and pain. So there's seven different ways uh, that, that uh, this, this uh, book uh, helps us to see what, um, how we can sense God speaking to us. We've looked at the first four. Today, we're going to touch on the last three. Um, and let me just say that, that, that the more you involve yourself in these things and, and trying to sense, if you know that God is speaking through these things, and then you're trying to sense God, to hear God through these things, I think the more practice that we have, the easier it becomes. You know, over time, we get used to, we tune our ear, so to speak, to listening. Uh, and some of these things might be difficult at first, but, but I think it's, it's more of an art than a science. Uh, so we need to keep seeking, we need to keep straining, we need to keep leaning in, we need to keep making the effort to listen, we need to make the effort to tune out the distractions. And as you sense God speaking, know that he very well may be speaking on several of these different levels. It's not just that he would speak through scripture, but that maybe there's, there's uh, uh, an opportunity, you sense him speaking through scripture, and then you see that, that there's also uh, a, an open door, an opportunity, and then someone uh, comes and, and speaks about that, and it all kind of goes together, and you go, well, that must be God speaking, because cause they're all kind of working in tandem with each other. I think that's how these things, at least that's been my experience, that, that, uh, um, that, that these things kind of work in tandem together. So, uh, so I, I guess the challenge is to lean in and get quiet and to quiet the other voices in your head. You hear voices in your head? That might be a whole other conversation, a whole other sermon. Uh, but uh, it, quiet the other voices in your life. <laughs> Listen for the voice of God. And, and one way that we can do that uh, is uh, that God speaks through other people. Um, 
You've been created for relationships. Uh, no matter how introverted you might be, you still uh, have been created. You, you need other people in your life. Still, you're, you're a relational being. And, and so we need each other. And, and so if you spend too much time isolated uh, from other people, you may just start looking like this guy. I don't know if you recognize uh, him. Um, he spent a little bit of time isolated out on the, I, that's a, I need to see that movie again, that was a, anyway, uh, okay, so, Wilson, just think if it was, I mean, if it was a Spalding ball, would the whole movie have changed, I don't, the Bible talks a lot about our need for getting advice from other people, that we need each other, that other people are speaking in our lives. Just in the book of Proverbs, there are, there are uh, several different uh, passages. Uh, Proverbs 1.5, let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance. Uh, Proverbs 12.15, the way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. Uh, 15.22, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. Uh, Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept instruction, and in the end you will will be wise. Uh, and, and that's only a few of Proverbs. And then there's uh, other scriptures uh, that also talk about our need for, for community and our need for uh, uh, hearing from others and, and that God speaks through other people in our lives. Uh, it's one reason that we have churches, right? Uh, we learn together. We, we speak into each other's lives. We grow together. We keep each other accountable. Uh, it's usually when, when people isolate themselves uh, that, that they can go off on some pretty wild tangents, right? Uh, but uh, as as we uh, grow and learn and, uh, and develop, mature together, uh, God uses that to, uh, to deepen our faith and, and he speaks to us. I still remember the guy in college who, um, who asked a girl out by saying that God had, uh, had, was bringing them together and they were meant to get married and that was their first conversation and um, I believe it was the voice of, of God through that girl saying no that uh, that helped that guy realize that it wasn't God talking, but probably just his hormones, right? Uh, so we need to tease these things out. We need to we need to figure out that you know if if we're not uh, um, that sometimes people get it wrong, I guess, but also that that we need to that God does speak through uh, through other people. It's not just about uh, hearing God's will for my life either. And I, I think sometimes we're, we're approaching this as though I just need to make a decision. And so I want to hear what, uh, have God weigh in on this decision. Um, but, but it's not just about making decisions. Uh, God uses people to speak things into our lives like encouragement or hope. Uh, he strengthens us in our, uh, in, in our relationship with Him through what other people say. Uh, as, as we gather in a, in a, in a group or a, a Bible study, um, or we just gather with friends over a meal and, and we can speak into each other's lives and God can speak through those things. We might be having a, a, a really bad day and, and God brings hope and encouragement through the words of someone else. Um, I remember, uh, a, a while ago as our family was going through some difficult stuff, and, uh, and, and we made some phone calls and uh, talked with some people, some of you guys, and we prayed together and we cried together and, and you helped us through that. And that, uh, that is uh, the, the body of Christ and God speaking through uh, people into our lives. Not about a decision, should I go this or should... Many times it is, should I go here, should I do that? Well, what do you think about this? But many times it's just uh, walking through life together and God, uh, his spirit draws up alongside of us 
physically through someone's physical arm around us or, uh, or their, uh, their, their, their voice into our lives, uh, speaking encouragement, uh, speaking accountability, uh, raising us up to the next level. All of those things, I think, uh, are involved. A couple of pointers as we uh, think about uh, this and uh, people speaking into our lives, uh, speaking into the lives of others. Um, choose the right people. Um, this shouldn't be like uh, just everybody. Uh, hey, yo, what do you think about this in my life? Uh, character matters. Uh, I, God, can, I, God can speak through anyone at any time. In the Bible, God spoke through a donkey. Make that parallel if you want to. Uh, but um, usually what we need to be looking for as we're, as we're looking for people to speak into our lives is people of character, people who have a close relationship with God and have a close relationship with us. And together we put all that uh, together and uh, they have our best interest at heart and they're seeking God themselves. as well. Choose the right people. Uh, give someone or a couple of someone's permission to speak into your life. Uh, have a close friend that, uh, that, that, that has permission to uh, say the hard things. Uh, are, are thing, do you think I'm on track with, uh, with God? Uh, what do you think about this? Um, in our conversation um, the vision team that's been meeting together over the last year. Uh, we were talking uh, in, in one session about um, having, uh, having close relationships and how important that was. And one way that, that one church says that is that uh, we need to have um, uh, 2 a.m. friends. Do you have any 2 a.m. Fr- in other words, do you have anybody that if something's going on at 2 a.m., you can pick up the phone and, and call and they won't be mad at you, <laughs> but they'll actually be, uh, be on your team, on your side and ready to help. Do you have any 2 a.m.? It could be, could be something like that, that God can speak to us through those relationships. I, I think we need to ask the right questions when we're, uh, when we're doing it. It's not just uh, uh, help me feel better about myself, right? But it's uh, really seek God. Uh, are, are any of these options that it was, Say we're we're considering something. Are any of these options, uh, as I'm as I'm saying, did any of them uh, seem like they're outside of what Scripture says? Uh, help me tease this out. Uh, what do you think the wise thing would would be? Uh, what what would you do if you were me? Um, will you pray about this uh, for me and with me, and then come back and and let me know what God what you're hearing God say? All of those things I, I think are important. Another thing, don't get defensive. Uh, sometimes people need to say hard things to us. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you have broccoli in your teeth and you need to be told, right? Uh, how many of you have gone all night and you saw the broccoli afterwards and you realize that you've been talking with people for five hours and you had a big old, you know, broccoli and then what do you think about all those people? Not, number one, you're embarrassed. Number two, they didn't care enough about me to tell me I had broccoli in my teeth, right? Um, but the, in the moment, it kind of feels like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to hear those bad things. But really, the deep, close relationships are people that can even say the hard things, that can even say, man, you got broccoli in your teeth. Man, your zipper's down. You know, come on. I mean, we need to know these things. They're difficult. People help us. Uh, but, uh, but the, uh, uh, so obviously not just in those senses, but, but, uh, maybe, maybe they sense God saying something and they need to say, and it, it telling the truth in love and, and all of that works together. Uh, and I think one more thing that's important is that we ourselves need to speak up. And, and to speak into people's lives. Uh, be ready to speak into other people's lives as, as God leads you. Uh, people are in your life for a reason. And so we need to be listening to God on their behalf 
as well, right? Uh, be ready to speak up when God uh, opens up that opportunity and you sense that, uh, that nudge. We'll talk about it in just a second. And one, th- one big thing uh, I think that's involved here is, is part of the importance of, of being a part of a church is that we need each other and we speak into each other's lives and, and the, the, the need to, to be involved on a, on a consistent, regular basis. I think a lot of times we make the decision whether to come or t- to church or not based on whether I feel like it today or uh, whether I think it's going to be worth my while and those things are all about what I get out of it right and that's important we need to uh, this needs to be a time when we receive from the Lord uh, but it's also a time when God might be using you to speak into someone else's life and maybe when you gather for Bible study or you gather for Sunday school or for a life group or whatever you gather for worship and you're speaking maybe there's someone here even today that needs to hear what you have to say and if you're not here they won't hear it and uh, and and so together we were and so it's part of the reason that we're involved in uh, the, the, the body of Christ. God speaks through people. He might just speak through you. And so as you're, as you're seeking his heart, be open to what, uh, what, what he might not only say to you through someone else, but also what he might have you share with someone else. Again, not just you're going to tap somebody on the shoulder and say, you need to straighten up, buddy, and I think that God told me that, um, but uh, it's in the context of a relationship. We need each other. God speaks through people. We need to be lis- willing to listen and willing to speak up. God speaks through people. God also speaks through promptings. I think we probably could have called this nudges, but it doesn't start with a P, and uh, these last three all start with P, so we need to, so uh, it's, it's, it's good, but um, uh, it's kind of, you, you've probably sensed that before, this, this nudge to, uh, to do something, to step out, to say something, to help someone, uh, just yesterday, right out here, the second time this has happened in about a month, uh, Nick and I are pulling out of church after the big NMI convention thing, and uh, there's a guy walking on the road, and uh, he was on his way from Worcester, to Medina and obviously he's almost there right we just let him go but uh, it was it was uh, 147 degrees outside and uh, anyway just felt the nudge you know what it's it's okay this guy's not gonna not gonna be a problem it's okay and uh, we just gave him a ride up the road big deal right who knows what will happen with that but I, I sensed the nudge and I went ahead and did it there was that opportunity that prompting uh, maybe you've had that you're driving down the road and somebody's uh, broken down on the side um, I have uh, encountered that I remember years ago heading to class and seminary in Kansas City and traffic and all that and I'm late to class and and I see somebody stopped on the side of the road and I sensed that I should go over and help and I didn't and then I got like two or three miles down the road and really you know I need to so I turned around and went back well they somebody else was helping them by that point um and and so I missed that opportunity and and so we we probably blow through a lot of these things all the time I, I think a lot of times this is kind of tied to to timing uh, so to speak, we, we get that nudge, uh, that urging to say something or to, to do something or to not say something, uh, and, and those nudges could be God prompting you, God whispering to you, and uh, and and so we, uh, I think. Some of that might be related to uh, the season of life that you're in. And uh, scripture, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3, I think it is. Um, uh, Scripture, well, the bird, you probably know the song better, the birds from the 50s. To everything, turn, turn, there is a season, right? Well, that's based on the Bible. I don't know if you knew that or not, but Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes, there's this list of 28 different seasons that we might be in at any different time in in life. And uh, Batterson talks a little bit about that in his book, but uh, there's a time to plant 
and a time to, uh, to harvest. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance, uh, a time to laugh and a time to weep. Uh, part of uh, hearing God's voice is knowing what season you're in. And so I think that's important as we're sensing those, those promptings and things. So there's a, there's a timing component to this. And, and I think we need to, to, to really listen to those, those nudges or those, you know, that thumb in our back, so to speak. But, um, Many times in scripture, the Bible talks about uh, our relationship with God as, as walking with God. And so there's that picture of, of walking along with, with God. Uh, Galatians 5.25 puts it this way. I, I, this just kind of keeps coming up in my life. Uh, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. That means we're not running ahead and we're not lagging behind and we're not running off to the side somewhere. We're in step with the Spirit. Have you ever been walking with somebody and uh, you can't quite keep up because they're just fast? I'm usually guilty of that. And my wife <clears throat> pulls me back. Or maybe uh, you're walking with people. Maybe you're like me and you just can't understand why they can't catch up to you, right? Get, get up here. Come on, we're, going, we're late. We got it. Um, it's kind of like trying to keep up with Nick, uh, wherever we go. Um, we got down there to the convention thing yesterday and I hadn't even closed the door and he was already in the chapel, I think. So, uh, it, it's, it's trying to keep it. This says we're not going to lag behind and we're not going to run off to the side and we're not going to barge on ahead, but we're going to keep in step with the spirit. Rebecca and I was, when we were dating, uh, would, uh, would take long walks together, uh, holding hands. We still do. Maybe it's the secret. One of the secrets of 26 glorious years of marriage. I don't know. That, that was free right there. Uh, you didn't come for a marriage counseling session, but that, right there. Long walks on the beach. Well, that would be nice. There's no beach. Edgewater doesn't count. Um, anyway, I, <laughs> something about walking and holding hands. You, you got to be a little bit coordinated to be able to do it. I don't, I don't know. Because you got to have, you know, your legs going at the same time and your arms swinging and usually this arm's back while the outside legs are and then you're kind of... There are many times when we'd be walking and I'd kind of do one of these things so we'd get in... What are you doing? We got to get in sync here. So, so we're swinging at the right time because otherwise it's kind of... But it, it's funny how when you are walking like that and you're in sync and, uh, and, and, and you're going, it's funny how a, a little squeeze or a little tug just just barely and all of a sudden you can change the whole direction of where you're heading and together you're just walking together uh and okay we're going here but now hey let's go over here and just a little bit of a a twinge or a nudge or whatever and now we're heading over here and maybe pull back a little bit and let's slow down or let's stop or um it's funny how when you're in sync and in step like that how it's just natural to sense those tiny little adjustments in the court in course um I think that's how it works as we're in, keeping in step with the Spirit. I think that's exactly what, what the Apostle Paul is saying in Galatians chapter 5. Since we live by the Spirit, let's keep in step with the Spirit. And so if you're seeking him in prayer and you're spending uh, time daily in Scripture and, and you're listening for his voice and, and you're leaning in, it's, it's like you're walking in step with him and then all it takes is a gentle little nudge. Or, or a tweak, or, or a little lean, and all of a sudden you can adjust course. Following God's promptings, I think, are a lot like that. We're walking in step, and then he says, hey, I want you to go over here, and it's just a little, 
Oh, and because we're in step and we're in sync and we're, we're of one mind, then it's no big deal to just take that step and head over there. If, if we're lagging back here, hey, Jesus, good to see you. Have fun. I'm heading over here now. Um, we won't sense those nudges, those urgings, those, those promptings of the Spirit. If we follow, another thing, um, throws everything off if we sense that nudge and we react the other way, right? And that might er, slow everything down to a stop almost. When, when the Holy Spirit is, is leading us and we say no, it's like taking that hand and uh, nope, I'm heading completely in the, in the other direction. What if we uh, looked every day for those promptings? those nudges, those opportunities? What if we prayed every morning that God would, would uh, show us what we need to say and when we need to say it? What if, what if uh, we prayed and asked God to, uh, to, to lead us to the people that he wants us to, uh, to, to, be, to, to minister to, uh, even if that's at work, even if that's uh, in the neighborhood or at school or, or at vacation Bible school or, or, or wherever? Uh, if, what if we prayed, God, uh, help me to not say more than I need to say. Help me to shut up when I need to shut up and help me to speak up when I need to speak up. Uh, help me to show your love exactly the way you want me to. Lead me. Uh, we're looking for the promptings of the Holy Spirit. You might get it wrong. Sometimes we think there's a prompting and we say, you know, I, don't, I don't know if this is the Holy Spirit or, or, or just, just me or whatever, but uh, I'm, uh, I, I think maybe I should say this. And maybe it doesn't mean anything and we just move on and, and we go. But, but we need to be obedient and we're leaning in and we're trying and we're trying to sense the Holy Spirit in our life. We need to keep in step with the Spirit. God speaks to us through people. He speaks to us through promptings. <sighs> Got to take a big breath because the last one's the hardest one. God speaks to us through pain. I, I don't know, uh, I, well, I do know that we don't like to talk about this one much. Uh, but God can and does speak to us even in the middle of our painful circumstances. We don't have, have time today. We probably wouldn't have time uh, if the whole sermon was about this. But to, to go into all the issues and the questions of why we endure suffering and, and pain, the, the, the short answer is that we live in a sinful world and sin has brought pain and suffering and death. And so it is something that we deal with in this life. That's the bad news. The good news is that God is with us through the pain and he even uses those circumstances to, uh, to speak to us at times. C.S. Lewis in his little book, The Problem of Pain, puts it this way. God whispers to us in our pleasures, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Pain can actually be a good thing. I don't know if you know this or not. If you didn't feel pain, uh, it, it could be uh, life-threatening. I, many years ago, uh, we got a new cat, Murphy. God rest his soul. It's so long ago, he's uh, been a part of our family and, and moved on um, to kitty heaven. I think he's probably in kitty heaven. We had a couple cats that are not definitely in kitty heaven. But Murphy was one of the good ones, Right? I remember he was little and he's trying to uh, figure out all his, uh, um, you know, where, where, is, is, where he needed to be in the house and, and what his boundaries were and all those sorts of things. And he figured out if he could, if he could get into the basement, uh, then the, do the dog wouldn't, uh, God rest her soul, that the dog, she's one we're not quite sure about. Yeah, need to, I don't know if we believe in purgatory, but uh, I don't, anyway. Actually, I do know that we don't. But anyway, that's... Uh, um, 
So anyhow, the, the cat's figuring out where he can go and, and what he can do. And I remember one night we we're fixing supper and we'd made something on the, on the stove there and, and had taken the pan off the stove. You know how you, you take the pan off and you turn the burner off, but it's still hot for a while, right? And the cat at that point decided that, uh, he wanted to see what was so big, de- what the big deal was about being up on the counter and up on the stove. And so, whoop, jumped right up there and immediately one paw, right on the hot burner. That's exactly what it's saying. Well, it didn't sizzle, probably. He did have a, a blister for a, a week or so. Uh, jumped right down again, right? He felt pain, but he learned from that pain, and he didn't ever jump up on the, uh, up on the I don't know, he probably got up on the counter again from time to time, We'd, but probably, probably uh, I know he never got up right there and, uh, and, and learned a lot from that experience that pain, if he didn't feel pain and just kept his uh, little paw sitting there, uh, his whole, uh, it would have been a big, big problem, right? Um, and, and pain many times is, is our friend because we can, uh, we can learn from it. We learn the boundaries and the places where we shouldn't go many times. Sometimes God uses pain to keep us from going down wrong paths, teaching us what to avoid, uh, kind of like Murphy. Romans 6.23 says that the, the consequences of sin is death, and so God says, don't sin. And sometimes when we sin, there are consequences, and it's painful, and it's, it could be could very well be a punishment for something in order to help us know what to avoid. Pain can also uh, give us the chance to lean more on God. So not only do we learn more from God through pain, but we lean more on God in the midst of pain. James 1 uh, says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Hebrews chapter 12, uh, beginning in verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Sometimes God allows or even brings painful circumstances into our lives in order to help us mature in our faith, in order to help us to trust in him even more. Uh, Mark Batterson puts it this way, in the midst of tough times, we may feel as if the Almighty has turned his back on us. You ever been there? So what do we usually do? We tend to turn our back on him. But that's when we need to lean in and lean on him. Perhaps God is saying something that can't be heard any other way. I've said it before, there are things that we learn in the the painful circumstances of life that we would not learn any other way. If life was just wonderful and great, uh, there would be a a whole element of things that we would not not learn. We would be weaker for it. I think about uh, uh, our theme for this week, VBS is sports, and, and, and there's training that goes on. And, and a lot of that, man, in, my, uh, in, in the teams I've played on and the, the different uh, uh, physical activities I've done, not all of them are fun. I mean, you go through painful practice, and it's hot out there, and it's, I mean, it's, it's tough. But at the end, as you, as you go through that, and then you rest and recover, and you go through it, and you become stronger over time, and we need those things. And I hate to tell you, but we, God is not 
promising us a life without pain. 1 Thessalonians 3, 2 and 3 says, We sent Timothy to strengthen and encourage you in your faith so that no one would be unsettled by these trials, for you know quite well that we are destined for them. (laughs) Trials, we're destined for them. I, I guess, I mean, just a couple examples. Does God have a track record of, of snatching people out of painful circumstances? I'm not sure that he does. There's Job in the Old Testament. His crops were destroyed and his livestock was destroyed and his children died and, and the only people left were his nagging wife and friends who blamed him for all this. God didn't seem to protect Job from the pain. The Apostle Paul uh, had so many beatings and, and hard things that he went through. He almost died twice. He also had to deal with a nagging physical ailment that we're not quite sure what it is. Uh, God didn't didn't seem to snatch the pain away from Paul. Uh, the disciples, uh, all of them were martyred for their faith, uh, stoned, crucified, beheaded, boiled in oil. Uh, uh, John's the only one that wasn't, and he was uh, exiled and in prison. Uh, God didn't seem to snatch the pain away from them, even if we look to Jesus. <laughs> Crucifixion is not a pain-free experience. Will God protect you from pain? Most of the time, he does not. In fact, Thessalonians here says that we're destined for it. But God uses it, and he walks with us in it, and he speaks to us through it. Randy Alcorn once wrote, God does not want us to feel good, he wants us to be good. And very often, the road to being good involves not feeling good. Let that bounce around your head for all afternoon. Pain is not fun, it doesn't feel good, but in the middle of your pain, don't turn on God, turn to God. Because he desperately wants you to. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 tells us to cast all of our anxiety on him because he cares for us. Matthew 11, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. God is speaking in a bunch of ways. We've talked about seven. The question is, and and the thing that you have to realize through all of this, that God is speaking, am I listening? Do I care that God is speaking? Because he usually doesn't shout. He usually whispers. And so if you're going to hear him, you have to get quiet. And you have to get close. And you have to lean in. God speaks through the Bible, an amazing resource that we have. Uh, It's a love letter from God. Uh, He speaks to that. Nothing that he says in any other realm of our life will go against the principles of Scripture. And so we have that as something concrete that we can come back to. And we've, we've talked about how God speaks through Scripture. God speaks through desires and doors and even dreams sometimes. God speaks through people and promptings and even pain. I mean, this is this is important for our spiritual lives. We have to believe that, that God isn't just uh, out there somewhere and he says, go have fun and do whatever you want to do. No, God, God speaks to us. He's involved in our lives. He doesn't just want us to guess what to do and where to go and how to be and how to live. We need to be seeking him and we need to believe that, that he cares and that he wants to speak to us. And, and he's not just, again, I want to say he's not just giving us directions. 
I think sometimes, uh, I know I'm guilty of this, I, I, when, when I've got a major decision, that's when I get the quietest and I want to lean in and I'm reading scripture more and I, all of a sudden I have more time to, uh, to seek him out and to do all that because I've got this major decision and, and, and God, what do you want me to do here? And, and we're, we're kind of treating him as our, as our heavenly GPS, uh, God's positioning system, right? God is speaking in so many ways and not just about what your next step is or, or a major decision. Uh, if you don't hear anything else through this whole series, I want you to hear this. God's voice is always love. God loves you. He wants to know you and he wants you to know him deeply, intimately, personally, face to face, shoulder to shoulder, Hand in hand, mouth to ear. God doesn't want to just be your tour guide through life. He's pursuing you. He sent Jesus so that you'd know him and so that you'd know that he loves you. He's not just giving directions. He loves you. There's a story that uh, uh, Batterson tells here in this, in this book toward the end. I just want to read it for you today. It's a story about... Um, Marianne Bird. She was born in Brooklyn, New York in August 1928. A severe cleft palate required 17 surgeries, but the psychological pain it caused was far worse. Marianne couldn't do the simple things such as blowing up a balloon or drinking from a water fountain. Worst of all, her classmates teased her mercilessly. Marianne was also deaf in one ear, so the day of the annual hearing test was her least favorite. But it was one of those uh, least favorite days that turned into the defining day of her life. The whisper test isn't done in school any longer, so let me explain what it entailed. A teacher would call each child to her desk and ask him or her to cover one ear. Then the teacher would whisper something like, The sky is blue, or You have new shoes. And if the student repeated the phrase successfully, then they passed the test. To avoid the humiliation of failing the test, Mary Ann would try to cheat by cupping her hand around her good ear so that she could still hear what the teacher said. But she didn't need to do that the year she had Miss Leonard, the most beloved teacher in her school. I waited for those words, said Mary Ann, which God must have put into her mouth, those seven words which changed my life. Miss Leonard didn't choose a random phrase. Instead, she leaned across the desk, got as close as she could to Marianne's good ear, and she whispered, I wish you were my little girl. The Heavenly Father is whispering those same words to you right now. He's been whispering those words since before you were born. God's voice is always a voice of love. Sometimes he needs to bring up sin so we can deal with it. Sometimes he needs to alter our course. Sometimes what we walk through is painful. (laughs) Sometimes it's the joyful mountaintop experience. Sometimes it's woo! Through all of it, God's voice is love. He's been whispering it since before you were born. And I think some of us are dull to that voice. I think, I think we need to tune our ears to the loving voice of God. 
Maybe you need direction. Maybe you're seeking him out for certain things. But most of all, you need to know that he's with you and that he loves you and that he's on your side. Lord, there's so many voices in our lives that might be saying other things. Maybe things that tear us down, things that guide us in the wrong way, messages that would, would uh, seek to, to pull us apart instead of build us up. Lord, I pray that we can get in the habit of walking in step with the Spirit, that we can sense your direction in our lives through, through our involvement and interaction with your word, the Bible, as we discern and, and look for the, uh, the open doors and the closed doors in our lives, as we, as we seek out the, uh, the desires that you've planted in our hearts, these godly desires, the ways that you've made us, even through the, uh, the, the dreams that we might have, uh, through the people that are in our lives, through the, the promptings that you guide us with, and even through painful circumstances. Lord, we want to hear you. We, we want to know you. We want to walk in step with you because we know that walking out of step with you always leads to something, something bad. Lord, I pray that as we, as we go from here, that we would be keenly aware of being in step with you and that we would be keenly aware of your voice in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 